Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I left China because there were some things I wanted to do in my life and didn't want to admit I was too old for that. On the next episode of On the Job, the podcast from Express Employment Professionals, a man discovers his true passion. Find this episode of On the Job at expresspros.com slash podcast or search for On the Job in the iHeartRadio app. See you next time on the job. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. On Friday, March 2nd, Bruce Willis stars in Eli Roth's reimagination of the original action film Death Wish. After a devastating home invasion, a family man morphs into a badass revenge machine when the system fails him. So he decides to take matters into his own hands to protect his family. The big question is whether the audience views him as a hero or a villain based on how far he'll go to protect his family. Bruce Willis becomes both a force to reckon with and deeply human, full of swagger with a bit of that classic Willis charm. Don't miss this action thriller, Death Wish, in theaters Friday, March 2nd. So I hope all of you are having a fantastic Wednesday. A lot of attention paid last week while I was on vacation uh, with the kids on the Disney cruise uh, off in the Caribbean about what Laura Ingram, a Fox News host, said about LeBron James and his political opinions. And we talked a little bit about that on Monday with Jason Whitlock. And if you're not familiar, Laura Ingram uh, said that LeBron James should shut up and dribble after he criticized Donald Trump, and to be fair, a pretty banal, cliched comment. And I thought that was a really interesting debate and discussion that ensued after that. People said, unfortunately, what happens nowadays in society is if somebody challenges you and you are a minority and it makes you uncomfortable, the first thing you say is, 
that's racist. It wasn't racist of Laura Ingram to say that. She said it about Greg Popovich. She said it about actors over the years. She wrote a book called Shut Up and Sing about the Dixie Chicks after they went overseas and criticized George W. Bush. Her theory of the book, and I think it's a decent one, is that you should do your job if uh, you are an entertainer, just shut up and act. If you are a basketball player, shut up and dribble. Now, where I would differ with her to a certain extent is I believe if you want to get involved in political commentary, one of two things should happen from, if you're an athlete and you do that, one of two things should happen from people like me who are in a prominent uh, position. One, and we've done this, we've invited Colin Kaepernick, lots of other people who want to get political. One, if you want to get political and you are a sports figure, you should have to defend your political positions so I can decide whether or not I want to give your political positions any validity whatsoever. Two, if you are going to get political, then you should have to be comfortable with the fact that you are going to be challenged on your political beliefs. And on top of that, you should also expect that the media is not just going to universally applaud you because you've said something banal and political and cliched. Right now, I think the sports media is in an interesting place. I'm not an expert on the E! Entertainment Network, but I don't think it's very often that E! Entertainment leads their programming with a political opinion from from Leonardo DiCaprio or Meryl Streep or George Clooney or Denzel Washington or anybody who's a famous actor. The Oscars are this weekend out in L.A. I think most of you are going to do what I do when an actor wins an award or an actress and then decides to make some grand political pronouncement while they're standing there with an Oscar trophy. You're going to roll your eyes. Not because you don't particularly... Uh, agree or disagree with that actor or actress, but just because you're like, look, I'll give you an example. Leonardo DiCaprio is a great actor. Loved him in Wolf of Wall Street. Loved him in The Aviator. Loved him in playing J. Edgar Hoover. Catch me if you can. The guy has got a string of unbelievable performances as an actor. He's also a hardcore environmental activist. I don't care at all about Leonardo DiCaprio's environmental activism more power to him he has the right to it but I'm not going to praise him because he says something about environmental activism when he's flying on supersonic jets all over the world to do his job he's entitled as a citizen to have a voice just like I am but I'm not supposed to be impressed by it just because he gets up and makes that statement and I think that's the way the media that covers Hollywood basically reacts when actors make political statements. I can already tell you, the Oscars is this weekend, and tons of actors and actresses are going to rip Donald Trump. That's going to happen. There's zero doubt about it, right? And I think a lot of you are going to roll your eyes, or you're not even going to watch the Oscars, because you're going to say, you know what? I don't need to sit around for three hours and watch insanely rich Hollywood celebrities decide to go after the president of the United States and get all political. I can spend my time doing other things. I think that's what happened with the Grammys. Grammy ratings hit 24% lower this past year. Everybody, Hillary Clinton went on. Everybody in entertainment, I believe, needs to learn 
that Michael Jordan was right when he said Republicans buy sneakers too. And that brings me to LeBron James. I believe what happened with LeBron James and his camp was last offseason, not this offseason, but the offseason before that one, I think LeBron James and his camp were sitting around and they said, hey, we're never going to be able to catch Michael Jordan's six titles. What are we going to do to make LeBron James relevant when his career is over? He's turned 33 this year. Next year, he's 34. Even if you think LeBron James is a great basketball player, he's probably got three or four years left of being relevant at a high level in the NBA. What is he going to do for the rest of his life? And I think they said, you know what you need to do? Instead of trying to chase Michael Jordan and win six titles, I think you need to make yourself into the modern-day Muhammad Ali. Now, that's an interesting decision to begin with because people who are comparing any athlete today to Muhammad Ali have a limited to no historical recognition. Muhammad Ali refused to register for the draft during the Vietnam War, and what he was protesting was insanely controversial. Half the country was like, when, you're, when you get drafted, you have to go to, to fight for your country. The other half of the country was thinking, man, he's right. This doesn't make any sense. Why are we going over to fight the Viet Cong? And remember, it was just about 20 years after World War II. Interestingly, there was another heavyweight champ named Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis got drafted in World War II, and when he was drafted, he was asked, why are you going to go fight when minorities in America don't have all the rights that white people do? And Joe Lewis said, and I'm paraphrasing here, there's a lot of things wrong with America, but Hitler ain't going to help any of those. And I think it's an amazing quote. You hear a lot about Muhammad Ali saying, I ain't got no quarrel with the Viet Cong. You don't hear a lot about Joe Lewis saying, in a segregated armed forces, a lot of stuff wrong with America, but Hitler ain't going to make any of that better, basically. And both those guys ended up being right. One guy, Joe Lewis by doing the traditional self-serving American join the draft and fight in World War II against Adolf Hitler, and Muhammad Ali, who was proven correct, we should have never gone to war in Vietnam. That was a major stand that Muhammad Ali took in the midst of maybe our most violent year in the 21st century, 1968. LeBron James and other athletes of his ilk who believe that they are picking up the mantle of Muhammad Ali, are not actually anything like Muhammad Ali. They aren't remotely connected to Muhammad Ali. LeBron James, let me use LeBron James as an example here. LeBron James doesn't like Donald Trump. Whatever. Big deal. Has LeBron James said anything about Donald Trump that you couldn't see somebody say on Twitter a billion times since Donald Trump was elected president? No. Has LeBron James in any way advanced the national conversation by his position on Donald Trump? No. Right now, LeBron James is playing basketball in equality tennis shoes. They say equality spelled out on the back heel of the shoe, 
Half of the word is spelled on one shoe, the left shoe. The other is spelled on the right shoe. And everybody's like, oh, God bless LeBron James. Look at him. He believes in equality. First of all, let's compare him to Muhammad Ali right here. How many people listening to me right now don't believe in equality? I mean, in all honesty, is there a single person listening to this show right now who would call in here and say, you know what? I believe that everybody should be treated unequally. When LeBron James is saying, I'm in favor of equality, what he's really saying is, I'm in favor of making money because every single person on the planet is in favor of equality just about. And moreover, he's not just in favor of making money, he's in favor of making a major corporation like Nike, which is producing and selling these shoes for hundreds of dollars, more money. And guess what? The money that's made from those shoes is not equal. Rich dudes running Nike make a ton of money. LeBron James makes a ton of money. The sweatshop workers struggling to make ends meet while making LeBron James's equality shoes in tiny, unair-conditioned facilities in Asia, they ain't equal to you or me. They ain't remotely equal to you or me. If LeBron James really cared about equality, you know what he would say? I want my equality shoes and all of my Nike products made in America so that unemployed people in this country can have a chance to get ahead. But he's not going to say that. Do you know why? Because the way that LeBron James makes sure that he's unequal is by making all of the money in profit margin off of those shoes. Now, I'm a capitalist. I don't have a problem with overseas labor. But I think when you are LeBron James, just like Donald Trump got criticized when his Make America Great Again hats were not made in America and got ridiculed for it, and everybody went after him aggressively, why don't people in media challenge athletes when they get political and they continue to say bland political cliches? Why don't more people like me, which I'm doing this morning, come out and rip Nike for being cynical and deciding that their new slogan is equality? I mean, think about of all the bland, BS, boring, corporate-laden jargon. Is there anything more insane than the best basketball player in the world's keynote brand identity being that he believes in equality? You don't believe in equality, LeBron James. You believe that you are the best player in the history, potentially, of basketball. Your talents are not equal with anybody else's. What you believe in is the drive to be better, which is the quintessential American DNA drive. Competition is what fuels this country, and it's why sports has been the great meritocracy in this country. we got the NFL draft going on this weekend. You know what matters when you line up to run the 40? It doesn't matter who your mom was. It doesn't matter who your dad was. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what when you went to school, where you went to school, what your GPA was. None of that matters. 
when you line up to run the 40 or you sit down to take the wonderlick or you lay down on that bench press or you do any of those drills all that matters is you and your performance sports is the ultimate iron on which we sharpen our iron it is american capitalism distilled into essence who is better ain't nobody out there making arguments that they deserve extra points because they live in a poor neighborhood ain't nobody out there arguing that they deserve to be treated differently on a field or a court based on how tall they are how fat they are how strong they are it's survival of the fittest it's darwin on grass And that's why I love sports. When all of these athletes are getting political, what they are effectively arguing is the opposite of what they attempt to do every single day. Be excellent. Don't make excuses. Control yourself. And don't allow anybody else to make excuses for you. The ethos of LeBron James on the basketball court is not reflected by the politics that LeBron James espouses. Now, I would love to get a guy like LeBron on this show for an entire hour. If he wants to talk politics, I'll bring him on and let him talk about anything under the planet, under the sun, that he wants to talk about. But the fact that the only person in all of sports media, just about, certainly with the national radio show, that you are going to hear ripping LeBron James for coming out and wearing his sweatshop labor-created equality tennis shoes so he can make more money and potentially try and bask in the reflected glory of everybody out there saying, oh, congratulations, LeBron James, thank you for being so political, is a sign of why nobody trusts the media in this country. We exist, as my buddy Jason Whitlock said on Monday, in the sports media, to hold powerful figures to task. We exist to challenge people who are nearly billionaires like LeBron James when they behave in fashions that deserve ridicule. If you want to get political, I agree with LeBron James. You can get political. But I also agree with Laura Ingram when she said, shut up and dribble if you're not going to say anything other than cliches. And LeBron James walking out on the basketball court in those equality sneakers is the biggest hypocritical, ridiculous move that I have seen an athlete make in a very long time. Muhammad Ali faced five years in prison for standing up to the Vietnam War. And that was a controversial decision where 50% of people agreed with him, 50% of people disagreed with him, and he's since been proven right. Muhammad Ali didn't stand up to the Vietnam War so he could sell more shoes for Nike. LeBron James is standing up for equality because most people are too dumb to call him on the stupidity and hypocrisy of his stance and because he's trying to make sure that his wealth becomes more unequal than yours or mine. It's fine to try and get rich. A lot of us are doing it every single day. Don't pretend to me while you're trying to get rich that you are also in the business of trying to make this country 
more equal. You, my friend, LeBron James, are full of crap. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. You think a train will stop? If it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. I just hit LeBron James like a train. And I think that's what needs to happen. If athletes want to get political, then sports media figures like me instead of sitting around and saying, oh, it's so brave of you to say Donald Trump is, a, is bad. Like, at no point have I ever heard a political comment from a sports figure where I said, wow, you know what that did? That advanced our national discourse. That was a thought that I had never heard of before. There are literally a billion people probably in this country now who can go, and sorry, in this world now, who can go on Twitter and instantaneously give their opinion about any single issue that occurs anywhere, right? I mean, that can happen at any given time. Hundreds of millions for sure. I don't know what the latest number is on Twitter. Certainly there are billions on Facebook. We have never had a time in the history of modern communi- human communication when more people have been able to share their opinions on every single thing going on at every single moment all day long. I can check my Twitter mentions right now, and there will be 50 of you that have sent me something in the last 15 minutes reacting to what I said, sharing articles, telling me your opinions on things, and that's great. But what it means is when you are awash in opinion, what you need is not more opinion. You need more, better opinion. And there has yet to be anything that I've seen from an athlete in the world of politics that has in any way, in my mind, advanced our national discussion. And the reason why I think athletes are getting so political now is because the media is out there saying, oh, it's so brave of you to have a political opinion. What political opinion does LeBron James have that's brave? He has the exact same political opinions as most of the media. Donald Trump sucks. He believes in equality. Violence is bad. Like These are not interesting opinions. These are not opinions that anybody disagrees with. Is there anybody out there? LeBron James is against racism, violence, and he's for equality. Is there any single person listening to me across the entire country right now in all 50 states starting off your day who's like, you know what? It's really brave of LeBron James to come out against racism. It's really brave of LeBron James to come out in favor of equality. It's really brave of LeBron James to be against bullying. It's really brave of LeBron James to say he wishes less people were getting shot. And people want to compare him to Muhammad Ali. It's brave when you have a political opinion that other people disagree with and you share it despite the consequences. It's not brave when you have a political opinion and you use it to sell sneakers. When major corporations are willing to back your political opinion to sell tennis shoes, it means your political opinion ain't that interesting. A brave political opinion would be LeBron James saying, you know what, I'm willing to give Donald Trump a chance. If we win the if we win if the Cavs win the championship this year, I'm going to insist that every player on this team go to the White House to show respect for the fact for the office of the presidency. That would be a brave opinion. You might not agree with it, but a lot of people would disagree with it. If you have a brave political opinion, it probably means some people disagree with it. If you have a political opinion that everybody agrees with, then it's not that brave. 
LeBron James came out in the wake of the school shootings in Florida, and he was like, you know what? I'm a big Second Amendment guy. People who are committing these violations are not the NRA members. You may not agree with him, but that would be a pretty strong political opinion. If LeBron James came out and said, we need all guns seized in this country, and they shouldn't exist anymore. You may not agree with him, but that's a brave political opinion. If LeBron James came out and said, you know what? I don't think gay people should be able to get married. Ooh, that's a brave political opinion. Or, I think everybody who is against abortion is an imbecile. Woo, all right, all right, LeBron James, you want to get political? You just stepped right on the abortion line. You just stepped right into the NRA versus gun rights people. Why don't you tell us about what you think the retirement age should be for Social Security, LeBron James? LeBron James comes out and says, I think we should bump the retirement age for Social Security benefits to 72. Woo, all right, all right. That's like dude touching the third rail. He's not afraid. LeBron James hasn't said a single interesting thing politically. And everybody out there in the sports media is treating the guy like he's a modern-day Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali faced jail time, and they took away his heavyweight title from him because of his opinion about the Vietnam War. And his opinion about the Vietnam War was right. But most importantly, it was controversial. Tell me an athlete that's had a controversial opinion in the last 25 years that they've shared publicly. I mean it honestly. I'm going to open up phone lines. 877-996-6369. Name me a political figure, I mean a, a sports figure, who's had a controversial public public opinion. In order to be proven right like Ali was, you have to take a controversial opinion that people agree or disagree with, and you have to be proven right. I've got several controversial political opinions. I'll tell them to you. I think prostitution should be legal. I think that drugs, by and large, should be legal. We should stop arresting people for pot and cocaine. If you're not going to die from using it, then I don't want my tax dollars spent trying to stop it. I think that sports gambling, to the extent that it's controversial, should be free and legal everywhere, and I think everybody should be able to do it from their phone. I believe in the rights of individuals to make decisions. You want an even more controversial one? Get ready. Grab your pearls. Get ready to fall onto your fainting couch. I think that gay marriage is okay. I think polygamous marriage should be okay under the Constitution. If there are multiple women who want to marry one dude, I just my ratings just surged in Utah, baby. I just want everybody in Mormon, Mormon life. I think if you want to marry multiple women, God bless you. Good luck with that. I can't satisfy one wife. I certainly ain't satisfying eight. <laughs> and I can't imagine how much they fight. I watched Big Love. But if you want to do that and you've got the money to do it, then do it. If you want to marry 10 men and you're a woman, then do it. If you want 10 husbands, then do it. If you've got the money to do it. I believe in the right of the individual to make decisions that they agree with. That would be controversial. The next time LeBron James played against the Utah Jazz, and he said, you know what? I've been reading constitutionally all of the logic behind the decisions about gay marriage, and I think that the logic actually should also include polygamy. So I've decided I'm going to come out in favor of polygamy. I'll be like, damn, that's pretty brave of LeBron James. It's like, I I think people should be able to have eight wives or eight husbands if they want them. I think the old school Mormons were right, and I think our legal framework based on the decision in gay marriage supports polygamy. Well, that would be a really aggressive position that LeBron James could take, right? 
It's one that I think is legally actually justified. But a lot of people would not be happy with that opinion. If everybody agrees with your opinion, you don't actually have one. Let's bring in Ralph Irvin, then I'll take some of your calls. Ralph, what's shaking, my man? Big night, a big night on uh, Tuesday for the folks at Miami as they upset number nine, North Carolina, 91-88. In fact, three of four ranked teams fell on Tuesday night. Number 14, Auburn, losing to Arkansas, 91-82. St. Joseph's hammered number 17, Rhode Island, 78-48. The only winner was number 16, Tennessee, 76-54. They beat Mississippi State. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the NBA scoreboard, you mentioned LeBron James. He was very talkative after a triple-double, giving him a triple-double average for the month of February. Cleveland, a 129-123 winner over Brooklyn. Washington won in Milwaukee, 107-104. The Clippers, now in eighth place in the Western Conference. They beat Denver, 122-120. And, Clay, it's time for our Geico Play of the Day. Wade backs up. Wade, tough shot. Got it! With 5.9 seconds left. Oh, this is his house right now. There's no doubt about it. Welcome back. To your home, Dwayne Wade. The call from 790 The Ticket Miami in the Heat Radio Network. Dwayne Wade hitting the game winner, and Miami beat Philadelphia 102-101. There is a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Good stuff, as always. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Now, a lot of you know, I am a First Amendment absolutist. I believe in the First Amendment and boobs are the two things that have never let me down, right? And so a part of being a First Amendment absolutist means that you believe in the marketplace of ideas. And that's why I support somebody coming out if there were an athlete out there and nobody's even been able to send me one on social media we don't have a call that reflects one either of an athlete actually being in favor of something that's unpopular i mean this like it doesn't have to be it can be pro, uh, liberal or conservative but a prominent athlete who has come out in favor of something that is controversial and that's why i think it's funny that people are like oh i don't care what lebron james thinks about entitlement reform when it comes to raising the raising the age for social security uh for social security for retirees why not you're like well i just i don't really care well why do you care about lebron james's opinion on anything then that that's my thing like if you are going to advance the cause of political discourse in this country then you need to say something that everybody else isn't already saying and I, it's funny people say well why why are you paying attention right now to muhammad ali well because i'm writing a book i'm writing a book right now where i'm looking at kind of the history. I'm, I'm writing a lot of different things. I think you guys are going to love it. It's going to be out this fall. But I'm reading about the history of Muhammad Ali. And I do something crazy when I want to kind of develop more of an opinion. I actually do research. I go back and I read the historical record. I read all the old articles. I read all the books that have been written about it. And so right now I'm studying Muhammad Ali because there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, Colin Kaepernick's a modern-day Muhammad Ali. Oh, LeBron James, a modern-day Muhammad Ali. Everybody wants to find a modern-day Muhammad Ali. Those dudes couldn't hold Muhammad Ali's jock. Being against the Vietnam War was a controversial-ass decision. Nike wasn't selling tennis shoes in 1968 saying, down with the Vietnam War. Major corporations were not weighing in on this. 
if a major corporation is backing you on your political commentary, it's probably a sign that your political commentary is not that outrageous or that controversial or that productive to the overall national discourse. Muhammad Ali furthered in a substantial way opposition to Vietnam, which may have saved tens of thousands of lives in this country. LeBron James is for equality, which is already taken care of in our Constitution, which is already taken care of in the jurisprudence laid down from the Supreme Court. The Whether you like it or not, everybody is equal under the law in America. That's the truth. That is the 100% truth. So there is no governmental oppression now. Has there been before? Yes. But not now. And so I just think it's important if athletes want to get political. You can probably hear people. You can turn on ESPN. People will be praising LeBron James all day. Look how brave he is to wear those equality sneakers, which we're now giving plugs for Nike for. Look how brave uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick was for saying he's against police violence. Like These are not things that people disagree with. The reason why Colin Kaepernick was controversial was not because of what he said politically. It was because of the way he protested not showing respect for the national anthem. Colin Kaepernick walks out every day and has a press conference after his football games and says, guess what? I want more federal investigations of police shootings. Everybody was said, yeah, okay. We don't want cops to get away with killing people if, they're not, uh, if, they're, if those shootings are not justified. That's why Barack Obama and Loretta Lynch president and the attorney general at the time that Colin Kaepernick began his protest were already doing exactly what Colin Kaepernick said he wanted them to do. That's why my analogy makes so much sense. Colin Kaepernick's protest was the equivalent of a dude walking into McDonald's at 1130 demanding that breakfast be served all day and then the manager having to come out and be like, uh, Colin, we're already serving breakfast all day. Kaepernick was too dumb to understand that he was actually protesting, demanding an action that was already taking place. So I'm going to start teeing off on athletes when they say things that are banal and cliched and uninteresting because I think that either one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to decide, you know what, I don't really want to become a political figure, or two, my criticism, holding truth to power, is going to make them do research to become better able to be involved in the national discourse. Say something unique. Say something that matters. Say something that people actually have not already decided and agree with. Something that doesn't allow a multi-billion dollar corporation to make more money off of you by using slave labor to promote equality and sell your tennis shoes. All right, up next, I'm going to make you guys some money. Uh, My guy John Campbell from Odd Shark will join us. We'll talk about the uh, NCAA tournament gambling. Uh, We'll talk about the Big Ten tournament, which starts today. And we'll talk about the odds of uh, futures for the NBA. Everybody loves money. The one color that unites us all, it's green. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes, set up a screener questions based on your job requirements, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses are use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. And, and, if you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. I just tweeted out one of the funniest. We were talking about politics earlier. I just tweeted out one of the, 
one of the funniest videos I've seen in politics for a while. The senator from Montana, I believe his name is John Tester, and the senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker, were playing a little one-on-one basketball. I don't know why they were doing this, but they were in their like suits and their ties and everything else. And Cory Booker goes to the hole, and the senator from Montana, John Tester, I mean, I'm telling you, Go to my Twitter feed right now if you want an incredible laugh to start your morning off and go look at this hammer job, Bill Ambeer style, that uh, that John Tester brought to bear. I, I think Cory Booker's in concussion protocol. Uh, you need to go watch this video. It's it's quick. It's up on Twitter. I'm at Clay Travis. You can find me there. All right, let's bring in John Campbell. John, we got to be quick today because I've been on a, a war path, on a rampage here. The Big Ten basketball tournament is in New York City, and it's actually starting today, I believe. That's going to surprise a lot of people. Where's the value? Yeah, I, I, I like Purdue to win, but I think the value again here is on Michigan, and they surprised a lot of people and went on a run to win this tournament last year. But they come in here hot. They've, they've won and covered eight of their last ten. They bring back a lot of the same players from last year. So so they're one I'm looking at. Michigan and Purdue are, are the clear favorites here. Mich- or Michigan State and Purdue are the clear favorites. Michigan State's favored to win uh, the NCAA tournament as well. All right, what about the Missouri Valley and the West Coast Conference tournament? Those are also underway, and I know a lot of my listeners will love to gamble. Who do you like in those two tournaments? Well, uh, Loyola Chicago should win the Missouri Valley Conference, and they're the clear favorite. But I will be looking to bet the under in this tournament. Uh, it, it is a lower-scoring conference. And if you look at Southern Illinois, Drake, Bradley, and Missouri State, those four teams, going back to 2001, they're 72% under. So I, I really look to bet the under in this conference as it goes along. NFL Combine is off and running. There are some fascinating prop bets that you can bet on. I love the Combine. We're going to talk about it next hour with uh, Jeff Schwartz, my guy, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. What do you see out there in Combine betting that you like? Well, uh, there's there's always uh, you can bet on who will have the fastest uh, 40, 40 yard dash time. The over under on the fastest one is four point two two seconds. Um, that's the record. If it will be broken, yes is plus four seventy five. Uh, Saquon Bar- Barkley or Lamar Jackson, who will have the faster forty there? I think it'll be Saquon Barkley. He's favored as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you can bet on everything in this. You can bet on uh, over under for for uh, bench presses. Uh, for the longest broad jump. So you can have a lot of fun. You can make this pretty boring event pretty fun with some gambling. Uh, There's no doubt at all about that. All right, so um, let's also talk about a couple quick things that I want to hit you with. Um, The NHL trade deadline happened, and this is crazy. I feel like a lot of people haven't recognized it, but an expansion team, I believe, uh, and I can't even get used to their their name, I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights, are they really the favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year? They are the co-favorite along with Tampa Bay, which is absolutely insane because they opened at 200 to one at the start of the season. So I mean, this, this is nuts. I, they are a really good team. They're they're the best home team in the NHL. Uh, but this has as much to do with how much money has come pouring in uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights, especially in Las Vegas. Uh, they, the team has just caught total fever there, and everybody can't throw their money fast enough down on them. Uh, I think their odds should be more than this, but uh, it, it's fascinating that an expansion team is the co-Stanley Cup favorite. Let's talk about this, too. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all, but boosted ratings big time for CBS. He finished, I think, 12th overall in that tournament, and now there's a lot of money rolling in on him. The Masters is about six weeks away-ish 
uh, something like that. What are you seeing in terms of Tiger Woods' odds? He always gets backers. We've been talking about, is Tiger back now for about a decade? Is Tiger's betting book back? Well, oddsmakers don't have any choice because golf bettors have completely lost their minds right now with Tiger, and they're just lining up to throw their money on him. He's 4-1 to one to win a major this year. There's only six players ahead of him that have uh, higher odds than that, and He's 16 to 1 to win the Masters now. So I, I, it, that's just nuts to me. Oddsmakers are talking about having the most action ever on a Masters this year, but he's the 389th ranked player in the world, and he only has one round in the 60s so far uh, back on the PGA Tour here in his comeback, his most recent comeback. So it's just crazy. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in betting ever. It is wild. Um, what do you think the over-under? We're talking to John Campbell. Go check him out at oddshark.com, at Johnny Oddshark on Twitter. What do you think the over-under would be on bench presses for me at 225 pounds? I'm going to say five. That's too high. I think I can get three. Too high? I think I can get three right now on 225. Although, who knows? I'm a little bit fat now. I noticed that on the cruise <laughs> when I had to get in my bathing suit. Winter weight has definitely piled up on me. So it actually is interesting. Everybody out there knows this. The fatter you get, the more bench presses you can do. It's not a good thing. It's like you're just carrying around more weight, maybe also more muscle. Good stuff as always, John Campbell. We will talk to you next week. Good luck with the conference title game bettings. Thanks, Clay. Uh, I am Clay Travis. Up next. We're going to talk with Jeff Schwartz an hour or two about the NFL Combine, all that's going on there. Also, new news that's out there that I think will make some of you happy, but will also make some of you sad. The NFL has officially weighed in. It turns out, Des caught it, Cowboy fans. Really. They're going to change the rule, potentially, to make sure that the Des Bryant catch would count, that the Calvin Johnson going out of bounds at the back of the end zone would count, and also one other major NFL rule that might change. I'll tell you what it is next. That's a tease, boys and girls, on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So there is a meeting going on right now among NFL owners and Dallas Cowboy fans. At long last, you're going to get some measure of vindication, perhaps at least a little bit. Uh, There is talk that they are going to eliminate the catch the ball and go to the ground requirement of the NFL catch rule. And simply put, it would mean that Des Bryant really did catch it at the end of the playoff game against the Packers. It would mean that if you remember the Calvin Johnson play from years and years ago uh, where he had to complete the catch and he went out of bounds in the back of the end zone holding the ball in one hand and he dropped it and they took away that touchdown, that would now be a catch. It would also mean that the Jesse James catch uh, that I believe was a catch that we spent a lot of time talking about in the Steelers-Patriots game last season would also qualify as a catch. I think that would be a substantial betterment of the game. And then they're talking about another rule change, which I absolutely love and I have been in favor of for a long time. Stop the spot of the foul pass interference calls in the NFL. Why do I believe that you should change that? Because the judgment call is so substantial when you're throwing the ball 50 yards down the field that if it's a toss-up, the punitive nature of that penalty is so substantial that it basically, I think, makes the officiating much more under a microscope. 
And so if you just go with a 15-yard penalty like they do in college football, it's a much better solution to the game. You don't have people spending years, frankly, upset over pass interference calls. And as a result, I think it helps the game a lot. That's the number one. Those are the number two, one and two rules that I would change right now if I were trying to adjust the NFL. I think it's important to get that right. I think it's important to address issues that impact the betterment of your game. And if they can get this adjusted, if they can make the rule about what a catch is more accurately correspond with what you and I and everybody out there watching the NFL believes it should look like, and also if they can eliminate some of the judgment error calls and bases. Because here's the truth. When there's a 50-yard penalty and it's a 50-50 play call, if they throw the a pass interference flag, then you know, you're like, oh, that's a huge deal, and you're excited if you're on offense. On defense, you're like, man, that's a huge penalty. And if it's a 50-50 call, the decision by the official of whether or not to throw that flag, and frequently these are 50-50 type calls, leads to a substantial change in the game. Think about what happened in the Jacksonville Jaguars game against the New England Patriots. There was, I think it was the right call, late in that first half, there was a pass interference call made, which I believe kept that game close enough for the Patriots to go on and win. And I think it was the right call, but it was certainly a controversial call. If instead of a 40-yard penalty or whatever the heck it had been, it had been a 15-yard penalty, I don't think there's that much talk about it the next day. I think people are just kind of over it. Uh, Do you guys agree with me? Let me bring in my crew out in L.A., Danny G. and Justin. Any doubt that getting the catch fixed, the rule about what a catch is and isn't, as well as getting the uh, – if, if they could do it. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but there's talk that they may limit the spot of the foul, eliminate the spot of the foul rule when it comes to pass interference. Are you guys with me that both of these would be substantial improvements to the NFL? Yeah, that P.I. change would be a huge improvement. And as far as what's missing, though, what I haven't heard them talking about, how about the fumbling through the end zone, Clay? That that came That's up a, good point. a couple of that times. Would be, that would be one that I think could make sense to change as well. I just think it's too punitive if you're reaching for the goal line as you stretch out. Now, that rule has been in existence for a very long time, and I believe it's the same in high school, in college, and in the pros. So that would be a substantial change potentially to football itself if everybody else followed the NFL lead. I agree with you, but I, I don't think they have spot of the foul. I'm not an expert on high school football, but they don't have spot of the foul, I don't believe, in high school football. College has 15 yards, and I, and I would also say this would make sense in the NFL too. College has 15 yards if it's more than 15 yards down the field. Otherwise, pass interference is a spot of the foul penalty which I would also say makes sense to the NFL. Uh, it's not as big, but if you have a, th- a pass interference on a three-yard uh, little curl, I don't know that you deserve to get a 15-yard penalty there. I think it should be 15 yards or spot of the foul, whichever one uh, is more accurately applied. But I think that would make sense. Justin, are you with us here on these changes? I completely agree with you, and I think that they would both make the game better. My concern is that I don't, I don't see the NFL. I know they're discussing it. But I don't see them actually following through with the the spot of the foul rule, only because I think that it it encourages quarterbacks and offenses to take big shots down the field, having the spot of the foul rule. 
and you know people like those that, big yeah, passes. That 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 is the argument for why it should still exist is that the risk reward helps to justify throwing the ball deep when you might get a pass interference call and pick up a ton of yards. The other argument would be that defensive backs are smarter in the NFL and so when they get beat they'll just grab a guy instead of letting him go by them and they'll take the 15 yard yeah. penalty. That was and the, not that worry. was the first thing that came to mind. When yeah. I saw that, there's going to be holding, and they're not going to let a fast receiver get past them. Yeah, and the, and then I guess the bigger challenge there also is that the NFL increasingly is a dump-down league, by which I mean quarterbacks who are throwing the ball a long way down the field, it seems to me, is becoming more and more rare, especially if you're not an elite quarterback. They try to make their living throwing passes under 20 yards. So that would be a concern, I think. Any other concerns about this? I think that's pretty much it. And even with those concerns, though, I still think that they should change the rule because I just there's nothing more annoying than getting a cheap, you know, 60 yard pass play completed because there was like, you know, some pass interference. Who's to say that the receiver would have even caught it anyway? It just that's one of the more annoying things. I would think if you're an official, this is something you would welcome because, again, people don't tend to focus on a 15-yard pass interference penalty. I mean, they do if it's third down or it's fourth down or it's late in the game. It's still a big deal. But the difference between giving somebody 15 yards and giving them 40 and 50 is so substantial that I would think you would appreciate that if you were an official because it would put less onus on you when it comes to making a decision about a play like that. I also think that the NFL has a major issue when you and I and everybody else out there sees catches and thinks, okay, that's a catch. You know, when we saw Jesse James and we believe that he scored, when we saw Des Bryant, when we saw the Calvin Johnson play years ago, I, I think, I'm not, I'm not a huge conspiracy guy, but I think in the Super Bowl this year that they changed the rules for the catch in their instant replay yeah. reviews. Like, I think the touchdown was at Corey Clement that the Eagles scored. I don't think that would have been a touchdown in the regular season because I don't think he had possession and both feet down. And I think it's possible that the Zach Ertz touchdown, uh, also by the Eagles, would have been overruled potentially because he didn't, quote-unquote, survive the ground. And uh, as, as one of you tweeted me years ago, and I think makes so much sense, is the ground made of lava? Like, why do you need to survive the ground? Like, we know what a catch is. And uh, I think just about everybody who's ever played football, even in a backyard Thanksgiving game, knows what is and what is not a catch. And I think the NFL needs to square its rules so that they more accurately reflect what people see with their own eyes. And I think it's also a challenge in the modern day. Here's the other question I would like. I would like if you believe that a judgment call is completely wrong, I'd like for you to be able to challenge a judgment call. Honestly, I really would. Like, if if you believe that you got unfairly flagged for pass interference and your guy did nothing wrong, if you want to risk it and throw it, I mean, they go back and they grade the film and say, yeah, this call was made correctly. No, this call was not made correctly. Why couldn't they judge a judgment call in instant replay too? I understand the argument of, oh, it's going to make officials more nervous about throwing flags and everything else. So, like, if you are accusing somebody of having done something wrong, and the evidence immediately shows on the screen that that was not, in fact, the case and that it didn't happen, why would you not be able to go back and review that and change the call? I I just think that would be an intriguing aspect, potentially. I doubt they would do that, but at least changing the catch rule and also 
going away, eliminating the spot of the foul rule uh, with a 15-yard flat pass interference call for, for pass interference beyond 15 yards on the field. I think it's moving in the right direction. All right, speaking of moving in the right direction, we're going to be joined by Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman. We've got the NFL Combine going on. It will be a lot of fun. A lot of you are like me and enjoy watching that. Uh, and part of the NFL Combine is about hiring new players. And are you hiring? Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't even stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. The smartest way to hire. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in Jeff Schwartz now. My guy, eight-year NFL veteran. It's NFL combine season. Will you watch the underwear Olympics? I will watch... Probably the offensive line there on Friday, but I will not go out of my way on the weekend to miss time with my family to watch the combine. I don't really cover the draft very heavily. If I was covering it, obviously I would watch it, but I'll watch Friday when my you know when my family's not around and my kids are at school, my wife's at work. When you had to put on that spandex outfit, how nervous were you? <laughs> um, so you know when I when when I did it, it was ten years ago. Now we didn't wear the spandex like we wore. Loose T-shirts and loose shorts. Now everyone wears a spandex. Oh, that's right. Um, I, I was. How much faster do you the, think you would have been in the spandex? Um, <laughs> maybe a quarter of a second. I mean, I, I probably should have shaved my back here. That would have been faster. Yeah, that would have helped for um, sure. I uh, I was nervous probably for the weigh-in because I needed to lose weight. Like that was what I, and I starved myself for many. I wasn't. I didn't know how to lose weight back then, so I basically didn't eat for like three days. Then weighed in. <laughs> By the time you actually work out, it's it's like anticlimactic. You you you've been there for three and a half days. You're exhausted. You almost just want to get the workout done with and over with. Um, and so that's the way I felt. I, I, I think a lot of guys felt the same way. Kind of just like, okay, let's work out. Plus, the workout stuff is stuff we're used to doing. We're used to being in a crowd. Now it's not very crowded in the, in the stadium, but we're used to competing and working out. So that was the easy part. It's the Part of like weighing in the interviews, uh, you know, for the mental testing, that stuff is what we're not used to doing. What did you weigh, and what were you trying to weigh? I was three thirty-one. Um, I was trying to be three thirty, so I was close. The problem was is that I was basically three forty-five in college. Um, so to cut all that weight, when I when I was drafted by the Panthers, they told me they wanted me to be three thirty for the season, which was really hard for me to do because. I was kind of naturally like 340. So every week I had to cut a bunch of weight before the weigh-in on Friday. And then as I got older, my weight went up to about, you know, it was about 340 
uh, where I was supposed to be the rest of my career for my weigh-in. That was tough. Like I had to cut a lot of weight Thursday night to make sure I was ready to weigh in Friday when I was at the Panthers. What do you weigh now? Uh, it was 348 the other day. 340, because a lot of guys who are on the offensive line in the NFL are trying to constantly keep their weight up, right? Like you see guys, some of them who, yeah. will, who will retire, and then they drop like 60 pounds. Other guys just go the exact opposite direction, and like once they stop doing athletics, they really just kind of balloon up even more. How, would, how do you think that breaks down? Like on the offensive line, how many guys are, you know, like skinny guys who are trying to be fat, and how many guys are fat guys who are trying to be skinny? Uh, I would probably say it's like 60% skinny guys trying to be fat and 40% fat guys trying to keep their weight down. Yeah. Um, look, I was I was 355 when I entered college as a freshman, and that's only with one one month of lifting. I didn't lift in high school until I graduated, uh, stopped playing baseball. I lifted for one month before I went to Oregon. So I was 355. I got up to 372 in college. So oh, my I'm God. 40 pounds. I'm thir- I, was, you know, I was 40 pounds less than that. When I went to the combine, so I, my weight really will probably. I'm hoping to lose like 20 pounds. If I lost 20 pounds after 325, let's say 320, I'd be I'd be pumped. Like I mean, I mean that's like that's kind of like my max of where I'll lose weight to. All right, so we've talked about this before, but at the combine they measure. I got two theories that I want to hit you with. One, let's start okay. here. I, there is always an obsession, and I'm sure it's going to happen with Baker Mayfield this year with how tall a guy is, right? For a quarterback, they want you to be at least six foot tall. My argument, which I think is mind-blowing and nobody else seems to be willing to get behind, is you shouldn't measure height. You should measure eye height. In other words, Peyton Manning has got a massive (laughs) forehead. What advantage does he get from the extra three inches of forehead that he has in terms of seeing over the offensive line. That's just like a big, big forehead with no gain at all. What everybody should be measuring is where your eyes are. So the eye height should be what people are concerned about because the head height doesn't matter at all. No, I mean, it sounds good in theory. The problem is is the NFL, first of all, is old school, and and they're not going to change the way they do things. And if you started this year, let's say, you basically have a new set of data. Like, how do you translate no, no, no. data? I'm just saying, if I were running, if I were running an NFL team, I would go in and I would say, stop oh, worrying about being six foot tall. And everybody's like, oh, are they going to make it five eleven and three quarters? Or are they going to be six foot and a quarter? <laughs> like, measure the eyes and get some data right, that's actually you, statistically valid. Right, but the point is that you compare it to previous quarterbacks. That's why they say, well, yeah, you know, I get my tall, quarterbacks. Like I'd get my quarterbacks who are on the roster already to all get their eye measurement. Every every quarterback we brought in for a visit, I'd get a database and I'd get their eye measurement. Yeah, I, I guess that would that would work. I, I think I'm telling you, just, if just Bill Belichick, if Bill Belichick heard this theory, he would hire me immediately. He'd be like, "This is the kind of thinking we need to continue Patriot level dominance." All right, here's one theory. Theory two. He'd hire you for the other theory. Here's theory two. Every single body part is measured at the combine except for the penis, all right? I'm just going to throw this out there. Everybody's always like, what unique DNA does a Super Bowl-winning quarterback have? What makes one guy a bust and another guy a failure? What if the data point that everybody needs is penis? Every other body part gets (laughs) measured. This is the legitimate meat market. 
I mean, you know this. You were there. They measure your arms. They measure your feet. They measure your hip width. They measure your inseam, your outseam, like your neck, everything about you, how tall you are, how big your hands are, how wide your hand grip is. Only thing they're not measuring is the penis. I feel like we need to add the penis to the measurement roster. Well, I hope I have a good dick day when that happens. Um, I, I, uh, I, yeah, no, I think we, 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 we've talked about this now for, for, for 10 years about doing this. This is my theory. Um, like, yeah. everybody, you walk out basically in your underwear. I think this is the, one of the creepiest things in all of sports, all right? I want, I want people out there to think about this for a minute. People talk all the time about how men objectify women's bodies, right? This is a big thing yeah. now in the Me Too era. It's like, how dare you look at a woman and objectify her body and think about what she might look like naked or think about all these different things, right? Literally, the combine is guys walking out in their underwear and all these old dudes sitting there with a notepad. I I can't imagine, like, is there anything more homoerotic than at an NFL combine having a notepad? Like, what are they writing down on the notepad when somebody walks out in their underwear? I mean, I think they're writing down body structure. I mean, look, I've had trainers that, that you know, they're like, okay, you're, this is your body structure. This is your body structure. This is what we need to do to fix it. I think they're looking at, at you know, does it, how does a guy carry his weight, right? I'm 340. I probably carry my weight at 340 better than someone else does. But the problem if you measure the penis is you have a guy like Steve McNair that would blow it out of proportion. <laughs> it would ruin, it would ruin the, the scale on what was good and what was no, bad. That, but you know what could happen? You could have your McNairs who are off the charts, but you could also, somebody like Bill Belichick would come up with an algorithm where you factor in penis size with like completion percentage in college, like quality of opponent, height, everything else, and I guarantee you that algorithm would spit out like the next Tom Brady. You'd be like, this guy, now we got all the data, the next next Tom Brady is this guy. I don't know what the ideal penis size is. Uh, I I, I know know that there's probably nothing worse. Yeah. So Josh Allen, who can't complete any passes, he would be bumped up in Belichick's book if he fit a certain measurement in the yes. uh, in the penis. There's scale. no doubt. There's no doubt. And also, also in the in the larger scale here, is there a worse worse thing that could be said about you than lacks ideal penis size? Like they talk about all the time, like short arms, uh, lacks ideal size. Like if you went in for the combine and when you left, they were like lacks ideal penis size. I think you might have to retire. I think you might either you have to retire. <laughs> Or you would have to make a porno movie to prove that you didn't lack ideal penis size. Oh man! It was, I tell you what, if that was televised like on Wednesday, I think, I think measurement day that the O line reported, O line running backs special teams reported yesterday. And I think today or tomorrow is going to be measurement day. Um, if that was televised, that would that would get high ratings. I mean, I think that kneeling or no kneeling, that would be a huge rating. What about betting? What about betting, like on the over-unders oh, yeah. on penis size? Like you can over-under on bench press and you can over-under. Like I would be doing all the research. I'd be texting guys like, who, should I, who do I need to put down money on? Um, here's the other thing. That's, that's real locker room talk. Here's the other thing that I love about this. All right, so I was talking about like objectification. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if anything in female athletics remotely uh, uh, was similar to right now the NFL Combine? Like at the WNBA, if it was on the air and all the girls had to come out in their underwear and they had to get measured in like every way and it was on television, people would lose their minds. Imagine if like NFL cheerleading, if they did this for NFL cheerleading, people would lose their mind. They'd be like, you can't objectify women like this. This is what sports is. It objectifies everybody based on their physicality. They do it to men too. 
I think the NBA combine has the same thing. I think, I think they kind of have to. It, look, if there is a WNBA combine, I don't, I don't know if there is or not. Uh, I'm sure they do it. They just do it behind closed doors, and they, you know, they obviously don't report what was said. Look, body structure is important for sports, whether you're a male or a female. I don't, I don't think that's a, a question. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think about like you know, 300 prospects going in front of you know at least one representative from every team, probably more. It's right. The strength coaches, probably the dietitians are all staying there. And they're just checking your body out, and, and you do it. And a lot of us, like I said, if you have to gain weight or lose weight, that's a big sigh of relief. I was 331. I couldn't have been more happy. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. Can you stick with us for a couple more minutes here? I'm going to bring yeah. in my guy. Uh, my guy. Who's the guy I'm bringing in? Yeah, Ralph Irvin. All right, Ralph, tell us what's going on. Well, we have breaking news here in the early mornings, just hours after uh, Papa John's has broken up with the NFL. There is a new pizza sponsor, and it is Pizza Hut, agreeing with the NFL on a four-year deal, This, according to the Sports Business Daily, and worth more than uh, Papa John's was paying. One note, the NFL seeking exposure, probably, and Pizza Hut with three times the number of outlets as Papa John's across the country. Into the NBA on Tuesday, Miami got 27 points and the game-winning shot from Dwayne Wade in their 102-101 win over Philadelphia. Cleveland, 129-123. They beat Brooklyn. LeBron James with a triple-double. Washington wins in Milwaukee, 107-104. The Clippers now in eighth place in the Western Conference after their 122-120 win in Denver. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and clay how about uh, the miami hurricanes upsetting number nine north carolina 91 88 on senior day good stuff as always we're coming to you live from the geico outkick studios where it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier i'm going to tell you when i heard we had breaking news like i literally perked up i was like oh what's the breaking news i think we may have completely overstated the concept of breaking news by leading with the fact that Papa John's has now been replaced by Pizza Hut as the official pizza of the NFL. This might be the most flagrant overuse of breaking news that's ever occurred on this show. And by the way, congrats to both Papa John's and Pizza Hut for getting free mentions uh, on the show. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, is that a major break? When you heard, were you listening? Were you paying attention when you heard we had breaking news this morning? Were you like, oh man, what happened? I can't wait to hear this. And then I'm like, why the guy's not tell me in L.A.? Why There's breaking news. Why wasn't I told? And then I find out, yeah, the breaking news sounder is that there's a new official pizza of the NFL. Not really sure, unless they're paying for it, that that qualifies as breaking news. Well, I saw that this morning already. So I've been up since 5.30. So I, uh, 5.30 Eastern. So I, uh, I saw it this morning. I mean, look, Papa John's wanted out. They got out. Pizza Hut came in. Um, they're going to, you know, the, the NFL's still making money. So... Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've been a you know, proponent of the NFL, so I'm glad they're, they're continuing to make money in pizza hands and get better pizza anyway, so I'm glad they're a sponsor. Oh, well, uh, there's so much for our Papa John's pitch there. Uh, all right, so <laughs> <laughs> when you look at, there are a couple of stories out there about the NFL right now. Um, one is that they are potentially going to change the catch rule uh, and say Des Bryant caught it, Calvin Johnson caught it, Jesse James caught it. Is that the right call? Yes, and here's the thing. It's interesting. The, the rule itself is actually very clear, right? Whether we understand the rule, but we don't. We just don't like the rule. The rule needs to be changed. You know, people talking about well, the, the rule. No, 
the, the rule has to be changed. I think we all know this. We all know what it catches. We know Des Bryant caught the ball trying to reach for the goal line. We know Calvin Johnson caught the ball too. We know Jesse James caught. Like, I think we, it's, it's a common sense rule. Did he catch the ball? Did he not catch the ball? It's very, it, I don't think it's very often where we really don't know if it's a catch or not. Um, and you could just look on Twitter. Whenever there's a, a national TV game, and most of Twitter agrees it's a catch or it's not a catch. And so I'm glad they're clarifying it. They just have to make the language to where it's easy for referees to interpret it. And then, look, I think that we should reward scoring plays in the NFL. People like points. Points drives fantasy football. Points drives um, coverage of the game. And when you have a spectacular catch by a wide receiver, running back, tight end, you should you should reward them with a touchdown. I, I think that's a great idea for the NFL. I don't know if it will bring more fans back, but I think we'll have a clarity, and it, it, will, it won't be a distraction in big games. It won't be something that we say after a game. We, you know, we, we only focus on the referee's call, not the entire product that we just saw on Sunday. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. All right, um, also the other potential that they are going to change is they are talking about changing the spot of the foul call in pass interference in the NFL to a 15-yard penalty. I like that call. I'm going to check right now. I want to know what you think. That's the poll question of the day. Do you like that change? Um, and uh, I'm curious what uh, what the answer is going to be from the uh, from the crew. Uh, and, uh, and this is going to be uh, interesting. But do you like that call? I like half of it. Um, I think it needs to be a a fifteen yard penalty or a spot foul, kind of how we determine. Yeah, like in kicker. college. And no, 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 no. It needs to be no. College is fifteen, no matter. It's a spot foul within fifteen yards, but yes. it's past fifteen. I'm talking about like it's either look, inside fifteen yards, it's a spot foul, or it's fifteen yards, or if it's a blatant pass interference, it needs to be a spot foul. Um, I think NFL cornerbacks are too good. They're going to just start tackling wide receivers downfield. I know that, that, that people say, well, that doesn't happen in college because their college wide receivers are wide open all the time. There's not a lot of contested coverage in college because corners are not playing press coverage. Corners are playing off. Corners are exhausted because of the tempo of the offense. I think that the NFL corners are too skilled. They, they often do not get beat um, you know, with, with huge distances to where they can't make it up. They can't die for somebody. I think you're going to have um, a downturn offense, which, look, I understand that, that, that defenders will, will love this new rule, but I think it's going to really hamper offenses. As soon as you have a guy get beat, you're just going to be tackled. Um, so I think there, there, there can be a way where referees can say, look, this is a 15-yard spot foul, right? If the ball is underthrown by 17 yards and the wide receiver is turning around to stop and the DB runs into him, I think we can say, look, 15-yard penalty, right? Not The ball's nowhere near the wide receiver. Or we can say, look, the wide receiver's wide open. The guy comes up and tackles him. It's a spot foul. I don't think I think that can be determined by the referee, and that would solve a lot of issues. That's a good argument. Um, the poll question up. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. We're talking with Jeff Schwartz. Would you like to see the NFL's pass interference call change to 15 yards from spot of the foul? 66% of you with about uh, 3,500 votes in as we speak uh, in the last few minutes are saying, yes, you would like to see the NFL make that change. All right, Jeff, you hosted last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, with Jason Martin. Jason is, I don't think he's tweeted all week. I don't know what he's doing. Um, And he didn't tell me he was out until Saturday uh, night when I texted him to check and see when I got back into the country. Uh, My theory is that if I give Jason Martin two choices, the the normal one 
or the socially awkward one. He's going to pick the socially <laughs> awkward one every single time. Does that seem strange to you that he wouldn't tell the guy who hosts his show that he's not going to be in all week until via text on Saturday night? Well, maybe he thought you were you were on a cruise, right? So maybe he thought you were you were not capable of answering your telephone. I'm just I don't to need to, ways why he I don't need to answer the telephone. I mean, he could have emailed me. He could have potentially told me, you know, like I I make my my travel plans like six months in advance. The uh, my bosses <laughs> have my schedule for the next six months. Of so course. does Jason Martin. Like, right? I, I lay it out as far out in advance as I can. Um, I just think that if you're the producer of a show. You yeah. should let the guy who you're producing for know instead of via text message on a Saturday night before the Monday that you're not going to be there all week. There's probably a what better way to provide say? notification. Did this text just say, like, I'm out this week? <laughs> no, I called him. I called him. The only reason he reached out to me was I called him on Saturday night to check and see how the show had gone for the whole week. And he texted me, like, I don't know what he's doing that he can't answer his phone, first of all. If you are single, and you do not have children, and you work for me, and I call you, I don't care what time of day or night it is, you should answer the phone. That's my theory. Now, some of you out there might say that's too much to expect. I don't think so. Like, And at a minimum, you should be able to call and do something other than send a text. I don't even know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I think it was Bar, wasn't it Barstool's CEO who said, like, if you don't call me back within three hours after I, I call you, like, you're not my employee anymore. <laughs> Like in, like in this in this day and she and got, age, she got criticized. I, I think that's totally fair. If you are in the media, if you have a sports media job, yes, and it's daylight, and you get contacted, and you can't get back in touch with the person who contacted you in three hours, I think you need to find a new job. I really do. I agree. Like, in this day and age, I agree. And look, and and my mom is just retired as an attorney, but she, you know, she said like the things that have changed in her profession are that everyone wants instant, instant like response. And she said even she has got to get used to like. People want response now. Like, if I email someone, I better get a response now. It used to be where, you know, you fax somebody or you email them, it would take a day to get back to you. But she's like, if I email you, if you work for me and I email you, I better get a response like today. Like, you better do your job. I totally understand wanting to get a response um, as soon as possible. It, with everyone with their cell phones, with their emails, with constant contact, I get why bosses would want, you know, answers right away. No doubt at all. Uh, all right, anybody that – last question for you. Of the quarterbacks, uh, and that's going to be the number one story of the draft of no course. matter what. Do you have an early read on who you would take first overall among the quarterbacks? I mean, I, I, think, I think Rosen is the most ready now. Um, and I've seen more things start to come out now where – you know, NFL people and, you know, those anonymous sources don't really, you know, don't really mind his attitude, which I never thought was a big problem. Um, you know, if you're the Browns, they don't seem really enamored by anybody, which seems to be a Browns issue every single year. Um, I think they're going to draft Darno just because he has, I think, more upside than, than Rosen does. Rosen, little slighter bill, he, he seems to be beat up very often. So I think Darno will go one. As a class, though, I mean, I think that, that if Lamar Jackson goes to the right situation, he can succeed. Obviously, Baker Mayfield has, is supremely talented. He's going to take a little bit of time to get up to speed. Um, you know, we could have three really good quarterbacks and three busts. That's about right, 50-50%. Good stuff, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Jeff Schwartz, enjoy watching the Underwear Olympics as you get some time. All right, take care, guys. That's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Clay Travis. Up next, we'll bring in the crew. We'll talk about the NFL Combine a little bit more and also give you some odds on gambling. If you're curious about some of the odds, you can gamble on 
bench presses. You can gamble on 40 times. You can gamble on Wonderlick scores. All of it and more. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Listen up carefully. If you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Everybody getting killed by trains. You know who they listen to? ESPN Radio. They're idiots. All my listeners not getting hit by trains. Going to live forever. Uh, this is Outkick the Coverage. Thanks for spending your Wednesday with us. What do you guys think? Let me bring in the crew in L.A. What do you guys think about my two combine ideas? One, I'm telling you, Bill Belichick right now, somebody's going to listen to this tape. They're going to send it to him. He's going to offer me millions of dollars to come work in analytics for him. Measure eye level, not height. You need to see how high a guy's eyes are to see whether he can see over the line of scrimmage, not how tall he is. Is that not genius? Oh, it makes a lot of sense, especially with your Peyton Manning example. Peyton Manning's like 6'5". He's got four <laughs> extra inches of forehead that doesn't help him at all. Now, does that mean the uh, the shorter quarterbacks in the NFL who have succeeded, like, let's say, a Doug Flutie, did he have no uh, forehead? Did he maybe, have his eyes up high? Maybe. Like, I've looked at Drew Brees before. This is where I had the initial thought, and everybody talks about how short Drew Brees is, but his doesn't have much of a forehead. So is his eye height actually that much different? Russell Wilson, same thing. Are their eye heights actually that much different than a guy who's six foot one or six foot two? They might have the same eye height, and nobody talks about that at all. Baker Mayfield this year. How does his eye height compare to Drew Brees or to Russell Wilson? That's what I care about. I don't care how his height compares, because all of that forehead is just wasted unless you can elevate your eyes to the top of your head, which would look a little bit creepy. So I think that's genius. I don't know if anybody else has done it. You should be measuring eye height, not height. Your minds are blown right now, aren't you, on some level. Here's the other thing. I think you got to go ahead and measure the penis. If you're going to measure every other body type and everybody's out there trying to figure out what makes a successful quarterback – what if it comes out that every quarterback who's ever won a Super Bowl has the exact same penis length? And every other thing else that people have been looking at, completion percentage, height, arm length, arm strength, all of it is just really based on ideal penis size. We don't know what that ideal penis size is. Brett Favre won a Super Bowl. I've seen pictures of him naked. It doesn't seem to me that he has an ideal penis size, but maybe everybody out there, he's in the, he's in the fertile region of quarterback penis length to win a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, there's probably something at play there. I want to have all the data that I can possibly have. I want to know how smart a guy is. I want to know how strong his arm is. I want to know how tall he is, how high his eyes are, and how his penis is. Maybe it's crazy. Maybe it's crazy. I want all the data points. It's literally, you got to admit this is funny. The penis is literally the only body part that is not measured at the NFL Combine this week. I mean, isn't that kind of crazy? They literally will measure everything else, body fat percentage. They have guys, again, I, I can't get over how crazy it is. Watch this thing on television. A guy will walk out on his underwear. I've been there. I've been there to cover the combine. One of the weirdest things I've ever done. You stand there and watch a guy walk out like on a, like a runway. It's like a runway model in his underwear. There's a whole set of bleachers of dudes with notepads 
And when a new guy in his underwear comes out, they start scribbling down notes. What in the world are they writing? Like, what are you writing when a nearly naked man comes out in his underwear as a part of your job? Like, I, I kid you not, I'm standing there watching this thing, and everybody pulls out their notepads. Some guys got their laptops. Like, they got to get this on Wi-Fi. They got to get it uploaded immediately. What do I think about this nearly naked man in front of me right now? That's what you do for a job. That's what you do for a living. This ties in with my other big theory. You know how we do this for, like, rivals and 24-7 and uh, Scout and all these different companies? They have recruiting rankings, and they will start recruiting ranking kids when they're, like, 14 or 15 years old. I mean, this is creepy-ass stuff, right? Like, you got grown-ass men, like, oh, this 14-year-old boy looks like he's going to develop really well. Really great butt bloodlines. Look at how broad-shouldered his dad is. Like, people pay $10 a month to read that stuff about 14, 15, 16-year-old boys and how they project as athletes. You want to know the difference between men and women? Can you imagine if they did this for cheerleading, how sexist it would be considered? If there were 14, 15, and 16-year-old girls being having their body types broken down by grown people about how good they were going to be as cheerleaders at 18 years old or 17 years old, me too would lose their ever-loving minds. If there was like a Rivals or 24-7 or Scout for cheerleading and people were obsessed with it and they were like, oh, you know, Stacy has got an incredible projection when it comes to her bus size. Have you seen her mom? Her mom has got boobs for days. I'm telling you, Stacy's only 16 right now, but when she's 18, she's going to be a five-star. Her hips and her butt are going to develop. You talk about loose hips. I have seen this girl's mom. In fact, if you had a daughter and somebody said she had loose hips and it was a guy, you would fight him. You'd be like, I'm going to fight this dude right now. You will not be saying my daughter has loose hips. Watch the NFL Combine this weekend. Watch the number of times that an analyst is going to describe a dude as having loose hips. You say that about a girl, it's fighting. The fight's on. We got to go outside. You say it about a teenage girl, Me Too is coming after you. They're going to pull you right off the air. You can't analyze a teenage girl's athleticism when it comes to cheerleading. You do it for a boy, you can charge $10 a month for it. Guys getting to be billionaires off recruiting. It's crazy. It's a cruel, cruel world. Hour three of the show. Up next, I'm Clay Travis. Soundkick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As well, if you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Hour three, we're off and rolling. Jesse Smith says, why does Clay Travis sound like he got run over by a train today? And no, this isn't an audio guy tweet. Uh, Also... Uh, I got a great email yesterday. This is from uh, Davis, who lives in Honolulu, Hawaii. And at 3 a.m. his local time, 2.59 a.m., he sent this to me. Uh, You guys are going to love this. This is a real email that was sent to my Facebook page. You can find me on Facebook at Clay Travis. You just look at it. You can go be a fan. Outkick also has a Facebook page. I don't really spend that much time reading Facebook messages because I don't get them sent directly to my phone. 
So every now and then I just hop in and check and see what people are sending me. The best way to reach me is probably to tweet me um, and or I've got a public email address. It's claytravis at gmail.com. I'm probably not going to respond, but I try to read everything at least. So here's what Davis sent me. Dude, please don't compare your work streak to being like Ripken. I jokingly said yesterday, you can tell from my, my voice that I'm sick, I jokingly said yesterday that I've got like a 10-year streak in radio of never missing a day of work for uh, sickness. Please don't compare your work streak to being like Ripken. Kids and fans are not going to be disappointed. He misspelled disappointed, but most of my critics can't spell. If you can't make it, do your show with your so enlightened knowledge of sports. I'm going to tweet out a picture of this too. You sound like S, like Chris Collinsworth right now, which makes me want to choke you over the radio. But he's, but he's prob your hero. Also, you're being very inconsiderate and selfish just to stroke your ego because now you're, wrong you're, exposing your effing germs to your coworkers. You're not tough, you dink, exclamation point. So instead of thinking of yourself, think of your fellow man. Coworkers and fans don't care that you're so resilient, wrong you're again, enough to come in while being sick. It's just rude. Trust me, your hot takes are not saving lives. So if you get a coworker sick, just think how they will feel. So stay home, and maybe old Collinsworth will come by, and you can stroke it together, you moron. Double exclamation points. He also continues, Oh, your voice is your tool. It's your work. Do you think Dan Patrick would go on air sounding like you did? That's his message to me. Sometimes it surprises me. Like, can you imagine driving around in your car, starting off your day in Hawaii, and being so angry that I've got a cold and I came to work, that you spent 30 minutes drafting or taking the time out to send me a Facebook message? Like, this is a pretty amazing Facebook message to get. Am I crazy, or is this an amazing Facebook message to get? Danny G and Justin. He has a really good point about you getting us sick. Especially because you're in Los Angeles. (laughs) Big Uh, fan of the show. And Jason Uh, Martin didn't bother to come into work today. So there's literally no one I can get sick by coming into work. Uh, It's me and two guys in L.A. doing the show. I I guess it doesn't sound as horrible to me as what I have witnessed in the past. The, The worst thing I've ever heard on sports radio was the legendary Chick Hearn. He he had a real streak going of calling Laker games, and he he came down with laryngitis. Uh, he was battling near pneumonia, and he still went uh, at the time to the Forum, the Great Western Forum, and called the Laker game. And it got so bad that you literally could not understand the words that poor Chick Hearn was saying. It 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 was horrible, and it was just because he wanted to keep the streak alive. Now, if you were that bad on the air yesterday, then yeah, we would have yanked you off. Do you have that authority? Um, well, I could just keep hitting no. the dump button. Over, but the dump button runs out, though, right? <laughs> well, then we would just go to break. Over and over again? Yeah. We just do ads the whole yeah. time? Um, uh, Ju- uh, Justin, you hate me. Are you surprised by the <laughs> amount of hate? <laughs> are you? People think that I hire people who like me. Most of the people who work for me hate me. Uh, are you surprised by the amount of hate, the venom there? Uh, from uh, and, and by the way, poor Chris Collinsworth. 
He's driving around in Cincinnati right now. He's just trying to start off his day. And for some reason, this guy decides that I'm Chris Collinsworth and that we hang out together uh, and, uh, and do, uh, treat again? our bodies like uh, – this is uh, Davis A. Dove. I need to pull up his profile. That's the other thing about Facebook messages that's so great is you can actually pull up their profile. This is some guy who lives in Hawaii that listens to us. Uh, and he maybe he wants to call in. Are, are, and, we, are uh, we sure it's not a Jason Martin burner? Oh, no, yeah, that's actually a great idea. No, he's got 411 friends. Uh, let's see about this guy in Hawaii who told me to to, to basically die. Um, he just lives in Hawaii, uh, and uh, he's got a lot of his profile blocked. But Davis A. Dub, he just uh, decides to uh, to come after me there, and you know, like. At 3 a.m. in Hawaii. Um, so anyway, I, I sometimes like the, the mail that I get just kind of blows my mind. I'm going to tweet out this message so you guys can actually read it in all of its majesty for itself. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. We got a poll question that's up. Uh, if you are starting off your day on the West Coast, as many of you are, news last night that the NFL is trying to fix its catch-not-catch catch rule and also potentially that they are going to change the pass interference rule to allow uh, uh, 15-yard penalties as opposed to spot-of-the-foul penalties. Do you agree with that is the poll question. It's been up for about 45 minutes. Nearly 8,000 of you have voted, and 65% of you are saying yes, that you do, in fact, agree with that. So uh, that is, in and of itself, an intriguing aspect of of the show. Now, I'm going to do something that I haven't done very often. I'm going to allow you guys to talk amongst yourselves because I have to go blow my nose in order to continue to be Cal Ripken on the Sports Talk Radio. So you boys can say whatever you'd like. Yes. The show is yours. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Oh, this is awesome. Perfect. Right. You're so, listening to the Danny G and Coop show. Wait, but I want to know, did you tell Clay that I hated him? No. Because that was supposed to. <laughs> did not say anything to him. No, but that is a uh, it is a weird email to get because of all the things to criticize Clay about and uh, you know say that he should die over. I don't I don't know that that's the the right one to pick uh, of all things. That's true. There's hundreds of things that you could pick on Clay about. Then again, it might have just been some weird voodoo curse because now here we are talking on the show while Clay's actually dying. <laughs> so I mean, Lizzie, you want to talk some AFC West football? Yeah, what you guys have oh, been man. saying, but I'm back. <laughs> and I didn't die. That's unprecedented. Maybe every now and then I just need to take breaks. Like, I can just take a 20. Do we have a sounder for that where I just get to take a 20? And I'm like, hey, I talk for three hours every day. In that last uh, last segment where I had to take a break, my nose was running so bad, I literally was starting to taste snot in my mouth. Like, I don't know if anybody even oh, works as hard TMI. as me. And I don't know that anybody has ever worked. This is like my Jordan flu game. You go back and you listen to this show. And despite what Davis A.W. out in Hawaii might be saying, people are going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, my God, not only is Clay Travis incredibly talented at the radio, but much like Michael Jordan near death, this was his flu game. You go back and you listen to me just dominating, even though at any moment I might die live on the air. Not a lot of examples of this in the history of sports talk radio. Not the kind of guy who likes to brag on himself. Not the kind of guy who toots his own horn or tries to draw attention to himself or spends a lot of time talking about how talented he is. That's just not me. Some people in sports might do that. Just not me. 
I never would refer to myself as the Muhammad Ali of radio broadcasting in the world of sports, even though it's probably true. But I wouldn't be the kind of guy who'd float that out there. This is my Jordan flu game. Third day in a row, battling flu-like symptoms, showing up. You know, the other thing is, you wake up at 420. First of all, you should light one up. Secondly, you probably also never going to get well. When you get up at 420 in the morning, it takes to like the weekend for you to actually get ready. I don't know if this is a doctor scientific fact, but every time that I get sick, i.e. one of my kids gets me sick, I don't get well during the week because I have to get up at 420 in the morning. And then I smoke pot, and then I come and do this show, and it's incredible. And I have all sorts of interesting ideas that you never would have thought of because I'm waking up at 420. But... It's an amazing thing, right? Like, if you get up really early in the morning, it's hard to get well. Whereas, if I slept till, like, noon one day, I feel like when I woke up, I'd be perfectly fine. Your body heals through sleep. Is that a crazy idea, or are you guys with me on that? Well, not only that, but you could pull a Celine Dion, and you have that divaness in you. Uh, for the rest of the day, except for your Periscope show and Facebook Live, just no one can talk to you, and you can't talk. For the entire That's, rest of the day. It's not a bad idea. I've got a meeting with our bosses tonight just, where they're going to try n- to sign me to just a contract. Just nod your head. That would just, be, a, that'd yeah. be a total power move if I showed up and I was like, you guys are just going to pitch me and you're going to make offers and I'm just going to shake my head yes or no if I agree with it. I will not speak because my voice needs to be preserved. And so you guys, you Don uh, Don Martin, Scott Shapiro, and, uh, and the president of Premier – whose name I won't, uh, I won't toss out there. You guys are going to be sitting in a booth with me in a restaurant. I am going to show up with, a, like, uh, with a, just a board, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like that you can write on. Oh, a dry, a dry yeah, erase board? A dry erase board. board, like Tim Russert back in the day. Remember when he was trying to add up like the electoral votes back in 2000? Uh, I'm going to show up like Tim Russert. I'm just going to sit there with a dry erase board, and I'm just going to write yes or no. You're just going to pitch me on things, and I will nod my head, and uh, and I will not speak throughout the the entire meal. Waiter's going to come over. I'm just going to point. Not going to speak. That'll be a really power move. I bet Howard Stern would do that. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, we're joking about it, but it sounds like you're getting to the point where you're really not going to be able to speak. So, yeah. Well, that that would be. It's happened once before. I've lost. Is it, for a radio guy, it's like tearing your ACL. Losing your voice is literally the worst thing that could happen to you. So. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I'm hoping that I'm on the comeback trail. Speaking of the comeback trail, Britt McHenry has got a new job. She is going to join us next, live from Washington D.C. She is awake. She has told me that she was ready to roll, and she's got some news. We'll ask her what she thinks about the underwear Olympics. Does she find it strange? Has she ever covered the NFL Combine? She's a former athlete. Has she ever had to appear in her underwear so that people could write down notes about her? It's like Miss USA meets football, the NFL Combine. And I'm telling you right now, you might be also just like the NFL Combine in the business of hiring. And if you are, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. 
Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. I'm telling you right now. On Friday, March 2nd, Bruce Willis stars in Eli Roth's reimagination of the original action film Death Wish. After a devastating home invasion, a family man morphs into a badass revenge machine when the system fails him. So he decides to take matters into his own hands to protect his family. The big question, whether the audience views him as a hero or a villain based on how far he'll go to protect his family, Bruce Willis becomes both a force to reckon with and deeply human, full of swagger with a bit of that classic Willis charm. Don't miss this action thriller, Death Wish, in theaters Friday, March 2nd. Um, you guys, by the way, you're bringing us back with Biggie. You watched that show on USA about the murders of uh, Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac? Yeah, I did see it. It was really how good. How is it? Yeah, it's good. You'd love it. Is it, uh, well, how many episodes is it? Um, I, I think it's just one. I mean, I, I mean, but they don't, it's not like I can go watch the entire, like, it's not all up for streaming right now. You have to wait week by week, right? Right, right. O- only when they air it. But it's good? Like, the first episode was good? Yeah, you'd like it. Um, it's still kind of crazy they haven't figured out who killed either of those guys, isn't it? Not not really, because, you know, there's other quote-unquote assassinations where it just gets buried and, and we're not ever going to find out, right? If they if they don't have any leads in the first 48 hours, the first week after it happens, it just feels like they're never going to find out. I just think it's wild. I mean, I, I understand, like, for a lot of shootings where you don't have the resources to kind of put everybody at work on it. But can you imagine if that happened this day and age with social media? I know we ask that question a lot, but Tupac getting shot in the wake of a Mike Tyson fight would have been beyond massive. And there would have been video evidence of it, like on Twitter, like everything would have immediately gone out. Same thing with Notorious B.I.G. getting shot at a party in L.A. There would have been, everybody would have been there Snapchatting, Instagramming, everything else, like there would have been so much social media to review. It would have just been wild. I think maybe they would have been able to catch the people if, honestly, in a modern social media era, it would have been uh, potentially a lot more evidence involved, certainly. Um, let me bring in Britt McHenry at Britt McHenry on Twitter. She's got a bunch of new jobs. Getting, uh, are you watching? Uh, do you have any theories on who killed Notorious B.I.G. or Tupac, Britt? No, but there was a thread on Twitter. Anyone listening, I I strongly suggest looking it up. It was only a couple days ago, too, uh, about, like, Tupac is not dead. And this kid, it got, like, 200,000 retweets and favorites, and he went through maybe a little bit too much time on his hands, but, like, went through all these different reasons why, like, found a picture, a photo of Tupac in a car that was taken the day after he was reportedly killed. It was all along the conspiracy theory of, like, maybe he's he's still alive and out there. And how, like... that? Yeah, no, no. I was going to say, like, that that conspiracy theory has been out there for a while. Tupac's alive. Elvis is alive. Are there any conspiracy theories that you believe? Because sometimes conspiracy theories end up being true. Let me give you an example. When I was in college in Washington, D.C., there was a building on Embassy Row that was widely rumored to be like a spy house instead of an embassy. And yeah. nobody ever went in or out of it. And, like, people would talk about it, and it was discussed in the neighborhood. A few years later, the Washington Post does this huge expose about how that was, like, a CIA, NSA house, 
and the only reason it had existed was so we could build a tunnel underneath the Russian embassy and try to be able to listen to what they were talking about inside the Russian embassy in D.C. So everybody who had lived in that neighborhood and was like, there's something strange about this house, the people who go in it are so weird, they were actually right. It was like a conspiracy. It was an NSA place. And so every now and then one of these stories come out, and I say this one all the time, I believe this 100%. I'm not kidding with you all. I believe that David Stern suspended Michael Jordan for gambling on basketball games, and that's why he went and played baseball. Like, I 100% believe that that is true. I think Jordan didn't voluntarily leave basketball. I think David Stern suspended him, and that is a secret between the two of them that both of them are going to take to their grave, and that's a conspiracy that I believe, like in the world of sports. Are there any that you believe? Uh, that's uh, And I agree with you with Michael Jordan, best PR spin ever. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to ride minor league buses for the fun of it. Just experience it. Um, no, I, I would say, you know what gets me a little, like, creeped out are the, the JFK conspiracy theories. Just because, I mean, that, not to get morbid here, but if you think about, like, a president publicly at an event like that, especially with how hostile tensions are right now, to have an assassination of the leader of the free world and, and what it must have been like, especially at that time to like listen on a little radio and not have TV or social media and, and how the shooter still was able to get in the vicinity of him. Cause you know, there's the theories about um, everything with Cuba and uh, Cuban missile crisis and how maybe the government could have been in on it. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, I just get, I'm fascinated with JFK and the theories around him. So I might listen to those, but I'm telling you, Clay, I know the Tupac rumors have been out there. Got to find this thread on Twitter because there were like 20 tweets and, and it mentioned how any rapper like Suge Knight, anybody who referenced Tupac being alive still, like something immediately happened to them right after. What do so, you, Dan, Danny G, you're the resident Tupac expert on the show. What do you think about the Tupac is still alive rumors? I feel like he would have got a hold of our show because he definitely would be an OutKick listener. <laughs> yeah, you think Tupac <laughs> would have been a big fan of OutKick. Uh, are there any conspiracies either of you guys believe that are legitimately true? Uh, how about Bigfoot? Oh, you believe in Bigfoot? I see. I can see that happening. Yeah, I, I think that's I can a, see like the Loch Ness monster too. There's just a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, it, around, it wouldn't surprise around. me if there's a weird animal that we haven't discovered. <laughs> Justin, you believe that Chick Fil A is not a good restaurant, so that's like <laughs> as much of a conspiracy as I'm allowing you to have any opinion on at all. Um, the moon landing hoax. Yeah, the flat Earth <laughs> stuff. Like, I think what I, we need to get Kyrie Irving on the show. Because Kyrie Irving and also, who was it, Geno Smith, said he's been researching the Earth and like he thinks it's flat. What I don't understand about the flat Earth people is this. All right. First of all, I'm not even talking about do you think all of those photos are fake? Do you think like Elon Musk is making up the fact that he's sending rockets to the moon and into space and putting like a Tesla to float around the planet, all that stuff? You think all that's faked, whatever. If you believe in a flat Earth, wouldn't there still be new parts of Earth to discover? Wouldn't it be like Mario Brothers, where every new, like, you know how you're like, it's flat, and you go onto a new page? Like, wouldn't you be able to theoretically just walk forever? And if you believe in a flat Earth, how would Kyrie Irving explain that he could take off in New York City, fly all the way around the globe, and end up back in New York City? Like, that seems like a really tough thing to get past if you believe in a flat Earth, right? You start one place... And you can finish there. 
right? You have fly over Asia, you fly wherever, all the countries you would go over. I don't understand what they think the flat earth actually is like. Is there a part of earth where everything just drops off and like the world just ends? I'm not, I'm not really fully versed on the flat earth aspects. Yeah, that just reminded me of that scene in Inception. I don't know if anyone here oh, it's has a great seen movie. that movie. Yes. Yeah, where he's just like walking and and everything's flat, but like the buildings just kind of bend to him. I, I mean, I'm personally not going to take my geography uh, advice from Kyrie Irving, but hey, more power to you if, if you want to believe the world is flat, because I'm with you, Clay. Britt, have you seen Die Hard? No, actually. Oh, oh my that God. bad? I know, I just bragged about like loving movies and I haven't seen Die Hard, or maybe no, I did. No, the reason so why I'm that. thinking about it is yesterday we were talking to Petros Papadakis, and so if I mm-hmm. say to you, Nakatomi Tower, what does that mean to you? Nothing. Oh my God. <laughs> like, so I don't, so let's talk about this for a minute. How have you not seen, how have you not, so the reason this came up yesterday with Petros, and I decided mm-hmm. to test you on it, was I was in LA uh, with a 22 year old recent college graduate, Fox PA, and okay. she was driving me to my hotel. And it's don't worry, there's no Harvey Weinstein awful part of this. Yeah, story. I was going to say this is yeah, starting yeah. a good story. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, that's not it's not going to go that direction. So she's driving me to the hotel. When you're a you know TV person and the PAs like they'll drive you around in L.A. I never had a car, and where I would stay in L.A. For people out in L.A., they'll know exactly where this is in Century City. I would stay at the Intercontinental Hotel right beside the Fox lot on Avenue of the Stars. And so as you're driving down Avenue of the Stars. The Nakatomi Tower building is on your right side, all right? And mm-hmm. I was telling that girl because she was new to L.A., I'm like, oh, that's the Nakatomi Plaza. Nothing. And then she did exactly what you did, Britt. She also did not know about the movie Die Hard. So you're younger than me, but it's really got me wondering now, is there this huge lack of female knowledge of the movie Die Hard in America today? How have you not seen it? I don't, I don't know. On, on Christmas, you know, I, I always see the debates, right? It's like Die Hard. The yes. Movie, it's their Christmas party. And you have no um, opinion because you've never seen it. No, and it's always men. It's always like in my timeline yeah, on Twitter. Like it's a Ian good point. Rappaport, <laughs> Trey Wingo. I, I don't really see women weighing in on Die Hard because I, I stick to like the Griswold vacations of the world at Christmas. So, no, I haven't seen it. So here's okay. So let's get to let's dive into. First of all, you've got some new news, and we'll talk about your new job. Yeah. But the NFL Combine is going on. Have you ever covered the NFL Combine? First time last year, and it is a show. And by yes. show, I mean it's a drinking show for a lot. Not the not the the college kids, but everybody else involved with it. It's like, like all the break. coaches and administrators, like uh, GMs and everything else. They basically just go out and have fun in Indianapolis because they're, you know, it's not like, I mean, they're getting the info all provided to them, but it's kind of a big social event. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're watching young kids, like, running 40s. In their <laughs> underwear. Their day at, 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 you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and everything in Indy is so, like, it, centrally located and, and small, quite frankly, that they'll just walk over from uh, the conference center, like across the street to the main four bars. And, and I'm, I'm not kidding when I say starting at like 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> so that's why it's always referred to as this great networking thing, because it's one of the few times other than the Super Bowl, but like less fanfare to just go, like you just walk into a bar and, and Cherry Jones is at a table like to your right. It's, it's wild. So are you with me that it is incredibly strange? Like I was talking about this earlier on the show, that 
guys just walk out in their underwear at the NFL Combine, right? Like, just in their underwear. And there's a huge collection of NFL people, almost all of which are male, and they have, like, their notepads and their iPads and their, like, laptops, and they immediately start writing stuff about this nearly naked man who's just standing in front of them. Like, I find it to be one of the strangest things, super weird things that it goes on in all of sports. It, yes, that is definitely true. And it also, like, what I noticed last year, I actually was relegated to, like, social media stuff for ESPN. So I went in a room or two where um, it was, like, the, the high-profile picks, right? Like, the yes. guys that you know are probably going to be in the first round. And it's the fawning over these these young 20-year-old kids was – 21-year-old kids was insane, Clay. Like, I'm not even just talking about, like, they're they're standing there, you know, half nude and having people gawk at them, like, in the drills. But just the, like, oh, my God, you know, so-and-so's coming in. Like, like Deshaun Watson's coming in. Like, hush, everybody. We got to, like, make it perfect. And I just sort of got to laugh at, like, wow, we these kids are gods. No wonder some of them have trouble their first year. Like, we treat them that way. No, it reminds me of when you talk to college coaches and they say the entire recruiting process is about teaching kids that they are perfect. And then as soon as you get them to sign, you have to unrecruit them. You have to convince yeah. them that they're not perfect and that their world is not, you know, like that they're not flawless human beings. All right. <laughs> you have got a new gig, which I think is going to be really cool on yeah. Fox 5 in D.C. And you got a bunch more gigs I know coming up. But tell people what you're going to be doing at Fox 5. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, Fox 5 is an owned Fox News station. So um, it's it's definitely like one of their leading corporate locals in the country. And it's a show with Bram Weinstein, former Sports Center anchor. Really great guy. Uh, we disagree a lot on a lot of stuff politically, but that's what makes the show great. And then the other uh, colleague I, on the show is uh, Guy Lambert. So he works at WPGC in town, which is a hip-hop, a really popular hip-hop station, and has gone into more, you know, hosting and anchoring and news as well. And we, it's just, it's a half an hour of breaking down, usually like the A Block's going to be like the main top political stories, and then, you know, we'll still cover just hot topics and, um, you know, Fergie's terrible national anthem and a couple sports stories, sort of like you do on your show, Clay, you talk yeah. about things, so... I mean, it's just fun. Like, we've gone through a couple run-throughs, and, you know, the goal is it's starting out once a week, but um, I think, you know, I have the confidence in it that it'll do well, and it'll go to, you know, daily, and then we could syndicate it to the other Fox-owned stations, which anyone listening, I would be on the lookout for that in terms of, you know, I, I think these different, the Sinclairs of the world, the Foxes of the world, like, they have a directive to create new programming, original programming to syndicate, just like you're syndicated across the country. So um, I, I think that's that's the goal, and it's just a perfect mix right now of what I wanted to do. We're talking to Britt McHenry. Um, I started off the show talking about LeBron James's equality shoes, and also, uh-huh. yeah, which I'm sure you've seen, and also I wasn't on last week because I was on the Disney Family Cruise, but <laughs> uh, but we also uh, obviously had the huge blow-up between Laura Ingram and LeBron James over yeah, the show oh, and yeah. dribble comments. What I didn't see what you tweeted because I wasn't as active on Twitter. What were your thoughts on that in general? Oh, I'm glad we're addressing this. I was like listening here, Clay. I think I texted you about it. But um, look, I okay. Factually speaking, she was she wasn't accurate when uh, she referred to him dropping out of high school because he did finish, I believe. 
Um, and I, I thought it was a little bit like people don't understand. And for anyone listening, because, you know, I'm, I'm on Fox News a lot. It's not a Laura specific thing. It's not a race thing that's, that a lot of people are making it out to be. There is just a sense when you get into that political world, as you know, Clay, that like if you come from the sports world, you're not quite as credible or taken seriously. You know, and, and no one's ever really said that to me, but you could just tell like you have to earn your stripes. It's a different genre. And, 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 and by the way, this wouldn't be different if, say, uh, I don't know, who's the famous, like Matt Lauer got fired. Who's the most famous person in the world of politics right now? If Wolf Blitzer came on my show and I said, yeah. Wolf, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? I don't think everybody out there would be like, oh, that's Wolf Blitzer. I definitely want to hear what he thinks about who's going to win the Super Bowl. He might be a great yeah. interview, and he might also yeah. be a knowledgeable sports fan, but I don't think you're automatically assuming that because Wolf Blitzer covers politics all day that he's also going to be great at breaking down like the idea of who's going to win the Super Bowl or the college football national championship or the NCAA tournament or anything else just because he hasn't demonstrated over the years that he has any expertise, particularly in that field. Absolutely. And that's not a race thing to me. That's just, if he was on your show, there'd probably be just a ton of jokes of like, Clay, you know, what, what are you doing? This guy covers beltway politics. Like we want a former athlete to weigh in on the Super Bowl. So uh, that's more of the context. You and I have both gone on uh, several times on Fox with with all of the NFL protests and just the diver- the the coming together of sports and politics this last fall. And you know, I had to say to some producers like, "Hey, like I <laughs> I could come on and talk about other stuff too, and and sort of earn my stripes." So it was more of that. Of course, everyone made it into this huge race thing, and then I saw some tweets like from a couple ESPN hosts saying like, oh, she's just a nobody. She's trying to use LeBron James for ratings and traffic. Um, Excuse me, do you realize, as you do, Clay, yes. how many viewers a night those primetime shows get on Fox? Like, we're talking 3 million viewers, 2.5 to 3 million. In They're context, more popular than NBA games. Yeah, an average sports center during the day now maybe gets 100,000, 200,000 viewers. Like it's, so I just thought that was a weird hill to die on because it's like well you know i think you'd be pretty happy if you were getting her numbers um and i don't know the pylon was crazy what did you think about it i i came on i just said look i mean i think what i would like to see from athletes is if you want to get political move beyond banal and trite cliches yes uh and and actually give me an opinion that's controversial for instance uh, do you, like there are lots of controversial political opinions out there uh, I, I said one of mine is I think we should legalize many drugs and also legalize prostitution, right? That's controversial. A lot of people listening to me right now are going to say, you're crazy, right? But that's a controversial opinion that I have. I think the death penalty shouldn't exist, right? I mean, there are lots of things that I believe that aren't the current law of the land that shouldn't exist or that should change. So far, LeBron James hasn't told me anything that has advanced the cause or been remotely controversial. So, I mean, that's my biggest issue with him. Like, if you want to step into politics, prove that you have the depth of knowledge to do so and also say something other than, like, I'm opposed to violence. I don't like Donald Trump. I I believe in equality. Yeah, like, okay, like, none of that is actually very substantive at all. Britt, great stuff as always. People go follow her at Britt McHenry on Twitter. And awesome news on the new gig. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, there's a couple more uh, coming, so stay tuned. And hopefully this could be back to a regular thing. 
Yes, Wednesdays in the third hour. Britt is now with us. We're off and running. ESPN can't block her anymore. Outstanding stuff, as always, from Britt McHenry. Now let's find out what's shaking in the world of sports with Ralph Irvin. Thank you very much, Clay. And, of course, you talk about LeBron James. Well, this is something he said. Kids getting paid is not. I mean, that's not, it's nothing new under the sun. I mean, we all... You guys seen Blue Chips? <laughs> it's a real movie. It's a real movie. Seriously, it's a real movie. It is a real movie. Cleveland did go on to win 129-123 over Brooklyn. LeBron with a triple-double in that game. Miami is now in the playoff race. They're sitting in eighth place in the Eastern Conference. They beat Philadelphia 102-101. Dwayne Wade had 27 points. Washington, a 107-104 winner at Milwaukee. The Clippers now in eighth place in the Western Conference. They get by Denver 122-120. Gives them the season edge over the Nuggets as well. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the top 25, Miami upsets number 9, North Carolina, 91-88. Arkansas, 91-82 over number 14, Auburn. Number 16, Tennessee, a winner over Mississippi State, 76-54. And... The big shocker, I guess you could say, because it was so dominant. St. Joseph's Clay, a 78-48 win over number 17, Rhode Island. 10 basketball action from my guys at GW back in the day, George Washington. I watched a lot of A-10 basketball. All right, final segment of the show up next. It's Animal Thunderdome time. Plus, I have a listener challenge for you. I think you're going to enjoy it. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago as well. Listen up. Otherwise, everybody's going to know you're an ESPN radio listener because you're going to die. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Yesterday, and during this week in general, I continue to say to you, if you like the show, and a lot of you like the show because we're blowing up in a good way, and I appreciate all of that. One of the best things you can do is have fun with guests who have been on and tell them about something that they said. Uh, yesterday, I had you guys go after my guy Petros Papadakis because we were talking about Die Hard. Today, I think we may have confirmed a big, looming, massive issue in America, which is lots of women haven't seen Die Hard. So what I would like you to do is Deluge Britt McHenry with your favorite diehard meme or line. So it can be, you know, whatever you like from the movie Die Hard. Find Britt McHenry on Twitter. Let her know you enjoyed her coming on the show. At Britt McHenry, B-R-I-T-T, Mick, M-C-H-E-N-R-Y. can check if you have trouble with that. I tweet out her her link uh, saying that she's going to be on. So... I want you to send your best diehard memes or diehard quotes to her because the next time she comes on, she has to have seen the movie Die Hard. Have we uncovered a massive issue in American society, which is young women in our country haven't seen Die Hard? You know, what makes it even more strange, Clay, is that it's kind of become a a de facto holiday film. Right. So it's on every December. All the time it's on TV. And I would think most of these girls have boyfriends or husbands who have all seen, like I have not met a guy who has not seen Die Hard. Like I don't, I would be stunned if there is anybody that is a friend of mine that has never seen the movie Die Hard, like a guy. 
But now there might be a ton of women out there that have just never taken the time to watch the movie. My mind is blown. Do we have the music? Do you have some Animal Thunderdome for me? I've got at least one story. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, you know what this 22-year-old woman in South Africa should have been doing? Watching Die Hard. You know what she was doing instead? Trying to go see lions. She got mauled to death at a private game lodge in South Africa. Lions are killing a lot of people these days. Victim attacked by a lioness. It was a female lion, uh, ironically, maybe. I don't know. Are female lions more or less dangerous? When they arrived, the victim had sustained severe injuries, died at the scene. This is the second lion attack by a pack of lions in South Africa in the last couple of weeks. The lions are rising up against us. Uh Uh-oh. What you got for us? Now, Clay, this happened uh, a little bit earlier this month, and this this is crazy. I actually there's there's security footage, so there is footage of this. Unfortunately, there's no there's no audio for us to play. But uh, a ferocious wild boar attacked and killed an elderly man in China, 66-year-old man. The footage shows the boar attacking the man. It's, it's actually kind of disturbing. The, his family members come outside, try to beat off the, the, the boar with a, 200, uh, with a, with a shovel. It's a 220-pound boar. It, it ends up goring the daughter-in-law that's trying to distract it. And then it doesn't end until snipers came in and killed the boar. This is a real story. Man, way to bring a downer to everybody's day, Justin. <laughs> what? This is Animal Thunderdome. That's what we're talking, the, the uprising the animals. It's, it's you know, it fits. You got to watch out for the wild boars. I don't know. What do you got, Danny G? <laughs> I have a, a positive thought for the day. No, I, I don't have one right now. So you didn't. I gave you homework. Find something that an animal did. And you just There's fail like that? There's not a lot of dangerous animal stories out there every single day, Clay. This is very J-Mart of you. No, this, I just I hate this. is the worst thing I could say about anybody who works on the show. This we, is very you know J-Mart what? of you. We have less than a minute, so I wouldn't even have time to read one of my own. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That seems like a really bad excuse. It's very J-Mart of you. Uh, I feel like right. cold coming on. Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> Why, frankly? Uh, would you like to see the NFL's pass interference call change to 15 yards from spot of the foul? Uh, the NFL contemplating changing their pass interference rule. Uh, 12,000 of you have voted in the last hour during the show. 65% of you are saying yes. You can go find that at Clay Travis. Encourage you to go deluge Britt McHenry with your favorite memes or quotes from Die Hard and thank her for coming on the show. I appreciate all of you. We'll be back live tomorrow. More talk about the Underwear Olympics. I can't wait. Who's going to look the best in their underwear? We'll discuss NFL draft time tomorrow. I'm Clay Travis. It's been Outkick the Coverage. Have spectacular Wednesdays all over the country. We'll be back same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 